But much of his ruthlessness was directed towards fighting the Muslim Brotherhood, whose leading ideologue, Saeed Qutba, would go on to become the intellectual father of Al-Qaeda. Less than two years earlier, Nasser had been speaking on the same spot in Manshaya Square when a Muslim brother had slipped through the crowd and from a distance of just 25 feet, fired eight shots at him. All eight had missed. Nasser had enhanced his public image by appearing unruffled. The estimated 250,000 people filling the elegant park of Manshaya Square on 26 of July 1956 were crammed in between neoclassical facades under the palm trees leading down to the Mediterranean Sea. Nasser's speech was broadcast over his Voice of the Arabs radio station to listeners across the Arab world and was simultaneously translated into English and French for those further afield. For half an hour, he described imperialist crimes committed over the centuries by Britain and France, and, in a comic knockabout style that the crowd enjoyed, his own recent negotiations with Eugene Black, the president of the World Bank. Mr. Black suddenly reminded me of Ferdinand de Lesseps, he said. He seemed to get stuck on this theme, and conspicuously mentioned the name several more times. De Lesseps, he kept repeating. De Lesseps. The name was familiar to his audience, even if they were not sure why he kept saying it. Ferdinand-Marie de Lesseps had been a 19th-century French aristocrat from a diplomatic family. He had befriended Mohamed Saeed, the fourth son of the Pasha of Egypt, when both men were youths. Saeed ran to fat. His strict father, Mohamed Ali Pasha, put him on a regime of diet and exercise. The miserable Saeed appealed to de Lesseps, who passed him secret bowls of macaroni. That was fateful pasta. As an adult, de Lesseps developed one of the most ambitious engineering projects of the age, the Suez Canal. From ancient times, the rulers of East and West had dreamed of cutting a canal through the Sinai Peninsula. The slender neck of land, just over a hundred miles wide, separating Africa from the Middle East, blocked a direct sea route from Europe to Asia. Ships were obliged to spend weeks circumnavigating the African continent. De Lesseps realised his dream with land and loans granted by his grateful childhood friend, Mohamed Saeed Pasha, who was by then ruler of Egypt and could be as fat as he liked. The opening of the canal on 17th of November, 1869, was one of the grandest parties in history. The harbours of Alexandria and Port Said were clogged with royal yachts. Empress Eugenie of France cut a striking figure on the hot sands of Ismailia, riding a camel side-saddle with her frothy underskirts billowing in the breeze. Accompanying her were the Emperor of Austria-Hungary and Princes of Prussia, Russia and Holland. Thousands of Europe's and the Orient's most celebrated personalities dined in the desert under silken tents. The evening was, according to one French journalist, like something out of the Arabian Nights. Like many good parties, Egypt's opening of the Suez Canal was followed by a long and unpleasant hangover. The canal transformed Egypt into a conduit for world trade. Egypt's rulers had believed this would make their nation rich. Instead, it made them vulnerable. The canal was coveted by the British, then approaching the height of their power. Britain's bloated eastern empire helped it account for more than half of canal traffic before 1914. Britain and France were far stronger than Egypt, 
and Egypt had something they each wanted to control. Egypt was a province of the Ottoman Empire until 1867, when the Sultan bestowed a degree of independence upon it and raised the status of Egyptian monarchs from Pasha to Khedive. The first official Khedive of Egypt was Mohammed Said Pasha's nephew, Ismail Pasha. Ismail Pasha mired himself in a lengthy, expensive war with Ethiopia. During his first twelve years on the throne, his country's debts increased from three million pounds, by share of GDP, about three point five billion pounds today, to a hundred million pounds, one hundred and seventeen billion pounds today. Britain's Prime Minister, Benjamin Disraeli, had his eye on the Khedive's forty four percent share in the Suez Canal Company, the private company that had exclusive license to operate the canal until the distant future date of nineteen sixty eight.